Welcome to the First Love Church. We invite you to have an encounter with the Word of God as you listen to this message preached by Episcopal Sister Joy Felipe Bruce. Sister Joy is the daughter of Bishop Dyke Hewitt Mills and currently pastors the IDRC branch of the First Love Church, a thriving church with young, energetic people full of first love for the Lord. She's also a Macarius minister under the Dag Hewitt Mills Ministry Office and travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences, taking the books of Bishop Dag Hewitt Mills to the nations. We believe this message will empower, equip, and give direction for your life. Now listen to Sister Joy Felipe Bruce. Take your seats. How many of you had missed the Koran stars? Hallelujah. We hope as we have started hearing them, we'll be hearing them. Ah. Please ask your neighbor who is sitting there by you, what type of music do you sing? The types, there are so many, so I mean. <laughs> Hallelujah. In the house of the Lord, there are different kinds of music. And you want to take part in what is there, or even come and say, me dear. I do what? A cappella. Ah, you have heard. <laughs> Amen. If you want to join the chorus stars, who, who should we see? <laughs> Please, who should we see if somebody wants to join? Hey, Zako, he's surprised. Ah, they are, you have been voted as the one to be seen. <laughs> Please stand up so we can see you. If you want to join the chorus stars, then you join. Amen. <laughs> Go and see our brother Sako and tell him that you want to sing in this particular choir. Amen. Powerful. Well, it's another Sunday. So much is happening. If you're going to go to the mountain of the Lord's camp, and if you are a young person, I want to suggest to you that you should go. Amen. And if you are an older person like me, I want to suggest that you should go. Uh-huh. That whoever you are, find your way. Register before 2 p.m. today because the price is changing. Yeah. The number of beds is reducing. Are you there? So now, after 2 p.m. today, registration is 100 Ghana. Uh-huh. So please, make it before... Oh, you're not getting me. Is this a good policy? Yeah. Uh-huh. You see, as we are saying, let's go, let's go, it's not that the place is not full. Uh-huh. We are begging you for your sake, not for somebody else's sake. I hope you get it. A full house there will be, but you want to make sure that you are there. Amen. Well, I have been sharing with you, starting from last week, we started talking about wealth. Yeah wealth. How to make it God's way. Amen. This is a church. We are not here to propound economic theories for you. And you know, if you have lived a few years, I hope you can see that every single economic theory has not held water. All. 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 Whether they are in a, what capitalist nation or socialist nation or what again what, whatever they are all, all the policies not one has even worked 
That's why when you are a child of God, you should be serious and look for God's way. Too many times, instead of looking for God's way, Christians go to join the world in the world's way. What is the world's way? How do you get money? You go and you do what? Loom. When loom doesn't work, you do what? You do max. Ah, okay. When max doesn't work, you do what? Men's gold. When men's gold doesn't work, <laughs> the pages are littered with all the failed economic policies, including the one that we run in Ghana. I don't mind what you say. Listen, listen. Look, this is my office, okay? Uh-huh. <laughs> this is my office. <laughs> Amen. Are you with me? The economic procedure that says that, oh, when you finish, you should go and look for a loan. If you are in this church and you are in debt, you have loans. Let me pray for you. Father, we cancel every debt in the name of Jesus. After this prayer, if you go and get another loan, you are on your own. I won't talk about it again. No, are you with me? Maybe you went for it out of a hotel. You didn't know that God has other methods. So you found that you are falling inside. I hope now you've realized that when you take one loan, you go for another one to pay the first one. Or you have not noticed. When they tell you that, oh, you can come, the one, the one you should fear most are the ones who said they can give you the loan in 24 hours. Be careful. You will be sitting there when they come and collect the chair that you bought. <laughs> They say no. You say why not? Then they say come for a loan in what? 24 hours. No collateral. Be careful. Be careful. But I thank God that he was and is and is to come. Listen, his rules and what he said, it is working. Uh And he had a financial policy which is, is detailed out in the Bible. Uh-huh. So don't let any unbeliever tell you something else. Hey. It's very important to talk about it. And we started last week and we we're talking about tithing. Because it started, it, it, look, it was something, something that has been there. And the Lord has detailed it out. That he that is God, he's telling you that when something comes to you, take 10% and bring it. He will take it as a seed. And he will use it and he will grow it. But we have become too known. Please turn to your neighbor and say, are you one of those who have become too known? Say, neighbor, I hope you are not one. I hope you are. Then you can ask the neighbor on the other side, do you tithe? Mm. You see, that question... So let us go back through a few scriptures. Today, I'm going to address the bad thoughts of people who don't pay tithe. The reason why you don't pay tithe is because of something that you are thinking. And so today, we are going to put those thoughts down. Where are these thoughts here? We'll put it down and show you that this is the thought. This is the reason why you are not tithing. Because the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. So is he. So we'll put it down and show you that the reason why you're not tithing is not what you are saying. You see, some will say that, you see, it's because I don't have any money. It's not true. It's not true. But you let me not get ahead of myself. Let us just start by just going back on the scriptures for you to see something. Genesis chapter 14, verse 18 to 20. 
Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine. He was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed Abraham. Are you there? And the Bible says in verse 20 that Abraham gave him tithes of all. So we see that Abraham was paying tithe even before the law came. Even before the days of Moses, when Moses came and outlined things, Abraham was already paying tithe. There in the book of Genesis, the very first book in the Bible, in the last book of the New Testament, God gave us his opinion of people who don't pay tithe. So please don't cry with me, cry with the Bible. <laughs> and in Malachi chapter 3, starting from verse 8, he asked a question, will a man rob God? You see, there are some questions. And when the, you, it doesn't make sense that you should want to steal from God. And so he asked, will you steal from God? Whenever I see this sentence, I am reminded of people who come to church and come and steal in church. And it always occurs to me that, ah, <laughs> will you enter the house of God and be, I, I, cannot, I cannot think of any greater way to destroy your life. Because the person you stole from, he may not know, but God saw. And when God is against you, what's God can work? Hey. Push your neighbor and say, neighbor, do you believe in God? If the person says no, tell him that you are a fool. And say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm not insulting you. The Bible says that the fool says there is no God. Yeah, so when you steal land, then you bring it into the house of God. And if you are here, you don't type. You are inside. Oh, I didn't call your name. <laughs> hey! Please just look straight and smile. Nobody will know that it's you. But God has an incredible question. Will a man in whose hand, the, I mean, it, your, your breath is in his hand, then you are stealing from him. Are, are, you, are you getting it? Hey, do you know that nobody goes to the police station area to steal? Oh, you can leave your phone anyway. You, you, nobody will take it. Military barracks, as they are there. And then you go, it's like some, you don't do some things. Are you here or you have traveled? I'm reminded of a story. This one is a story, okay? I'm reminded of a story. It's a true story. Some guys who decided to go and steal from some foreigner be in Accra. And they didn't know that the guy was a former Marine. The Marines are wilder than the soldiers. And they entered his house. He killed them one by one. One by one. Left their bodies there, went to sleep, and the following morning before he called, <laughs> hey, tell your neighbor, look, don't look, tell your neighbor, please don't steal it. But if you are even going to steal some places, you shouldn't, you shouldn't go there. Hey, hmm. will a man rob God? They say, but you have robbed me, and you say, <laughs> I mean, how? How can I rob you? Then he answers in tithes and offerings. So it isn't even just the tithe. Some of you, when you are coming to church on Sunday, you just find something, something, and you can say that that's your offering. Yeah, it shows a lack of something. Amen. And so we are sharing this so that you correct yourself. Amen. Let it be something from your heart that you have decided and prepared. It's for God and you are bringing it to his house to give. Amen. Because you may think he doesn't care, but he's telling you here that he cares. The next verse is even more frightening. Verse 9. You are cursed with the... 
I don't even feel like reading the sentence. Not that you will be cursed, though. Not that. He said, as you have refused, you are, you are ish. Can you not see that I'm struggling to read it? He says, you are cursed with a curse. Not because your grandfather has done something in the village. Not because of some words. No, but because you have decided that, God, I'm looking at you. Tight offering, I won't do. Ish. And then he said, he was talking to a nation. He said, the whole nation is cursed. But I thank God that he doesn't just do things and stay there. He gives us an opportunity to correct ourselves. Amen. He recognizes that sometimes the thing we are doing is because we didn't know. And so right there, he gave them an option. Let's read it. Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. I hope you have seen that in my house. Because there are some of you who will say that, oh, I gave my tithe to the beggar on the road. There is arms giving. There's money that we give to somebody who is in need. It's not your tithe. He tells you the purpose of the tithe here. That there will be something in the house of God. Are you there? So he says that there may be meat in my house and test me and see if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Can you see God's financial plan? He goes on to say, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. You see, sometimes there are different ways of getting wealthy. You can become wealthy because there's a lot of inflow. But you can also become wealthy because some things don't happen. Like I remember somebody who's very close to my husband, my husband and I. That person has not been sick for over 30 years. Yeah, I've been in that family for 32 years. She has never been sick. She has That's the devourer. You see, when you have to go every day, you're going to the pharmacy. Today, you're going to buy what? Paracetamol. Tomorrow, coatem. The following day, what? Blood tonic. Next day, what again? Uh, uh, Procode. Another day, what? Amoxicillin. Another day, they say, oh, it was not strong enough, so add amoxiclav. Then they say, oh, the pain, it is not enough. Oh, the pain, the paracetamol cannot do it. So you buy brufin and add to the para. It's all a devourer. It's collecting your money. Are you there? Can you not see that it's a blessing to be there? Yes, you have never been ill. I've never bought any medication. You see, because many of those things are devourers. They come to eat. They come to eat under. Hmm. Are you there? He shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. So, it's like you have worked, you have done everything. When you should be harvesting to eat, no, somebody has come to destroy it. Very painful. But he says that when you tithe, I am preserving and protecting all those things. When it is time for you to be promoted, that's now that they'll say that, oh, the company has fallen into trouble. And so, we cannot promote. He said, no, no, no. Because of your tithe, it will not be so in your case. Amen. Are you with me? I'm just reading scriptures on tithing to you. Hallelujah. And then he says that your vine shall not cast her fruit. There's a way in which a plant can be coming up and it gets to a certain point where it's just about to fruit and something will happen and it will, it's over. It will not be your story in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. But for it not to happen, it's not just I receive it all. 
<laughs> he says your tithe and your offerings. Hallelujah. So these are the scriptures that we have on tithing. We also have in the New Testament, when the Pharisees, Jesus rebuked them about something. Then he said to them in Luke chapter 11 and verse 42, he said, you tithe of mint and rue. You see, they used to tithe over every single thing that comes. And you dis but you disregard justice and love of God. Then he didn't say, throw that one away. No. He said, but these are the things you should have done without neglecting the others. So continue that your tithing that you were tithing. But do not neglect love of God and justice. Are you there? That's for those of you who say that there's no tithing in the New Testament. It is there. It is there. And anybody who tells you that it's not there is trying to make a pauper out of you. And so, last week I went on to share with you about how the Bible tells us to honor our father and our mother. And I shared with you that the one father we all share is God the Father. Are you there? And Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruit of all your increase. Amen. So it is in the scriptures and it is in your, uh, what do you call it? In your interest to pay your tithe. Why then do people not pay their tithes? Today I'm going to just read to you their excuses. I'm going to read it to you. Amen. I'm sharing from our father's book entitled, Why Non-Tithing Christians Become Poor and How Tithing Christians Can Become Rich. And I will, ex I will suggest to you that you get a copy of the book and read it because each time we teach on it, we have only time to do a chapter or two. But it will help you to study the subject. Very biblical. The scriptures are in here. The explanations are here. Some examples are here. There's even a whole chapter that deals with several questions. Are you there? Several questions are in here. And the answers are given. So if you are really looking for it and you are really trying to say, I have a real problem, buy the book and sit down and once in your life, study something that makes sense. I'm saying that because we read a lot of things that don't make sense. That's if you are a reader. How many of you like reading? Yeah. Me too. I noticed that I can read all kinds of things. I can, if I'm sitting down somewhere, I can even read the label on something that's, yeah, written there. But I've read it. <laughs> are you with me? It's not really doing anything, but I've read it. And I'm just trying to say that. Add something that will actually help you. So what are the thoughts that will prevent you from paying your tithes? Number one. I earn too little to pay my tithe. I earn too little to pay my tithe. That's the first excuse. But I want to remind you of the scriptures in Matthew chapter 25 when somebody said, I have only one talent. Are you there? God gave five to some, to somebody, two to another, and one. And the one who got only one, he said, <laughs> I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not strawed. And I was afraid 
and I went and I hid my talent in the earth. No, you have which is yours, that which is yours. And what did the Lord say to him? He said, you are a wicked and slothful servant. He didn't accept the excuse. So when you start to excuse yourself, I don't have, I don't have, God is looking at you and calls you a wicked person. So I don't earn, I earn too little. It's not a good excuse. It's not a good excuse. In fact, if you are wise, you will rather tithe so that he will now open windows of heaven over you and bless you and so that the things that come to steal your money away will even be stopped. So if you are really thinking straight, you say that hey, it is because I don't have money, I must make sure that I tithe on it so that it doesn't become a, a wasteland. Number two, I'm giving you the bad thoughts. I earn too much to pay tithe. Tell your neighbor, be careful, please. Be very, very, very careful. If you think that what you are earning is too much for you to pay tithe, God can help you and reduce it. <laughs> hey, are you there? He can help you and reduce it. There's a story our father, the bishop, tells often where he talks about a gentleman who told him that, look, I earn too much. Do you know how much I earn? The guy used to earn in dollars. And one day, the guy fell ill. And when he now got the diagnosis of the sickness, he now started running to church that I have brought my tithe. Why will you wait? Why will you wait? Because it gets to a point where no matter how much money you have, they cannot heal you. They can't cure you. Are you there? Push your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you the one who said you have got too much money? <laughs> say, neighbor, God can reduce it. Eh? God can reduce it for you. <laughs> hey! Bad thought number three. I am not a fool. I will never pay my tithe. <laughs> I am not a fool. Your mind is not working well. I have a scripture for you. Philippians chapter four and verse eight. You see, when you say, I'm not a fool, you, it's like, the mind is not a good mind. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. You need to manage your thoughts. When you have that kind of thinking, your mind has become twisted. Yes. And that twist is going to affect you because as a man thinketh, so is he. There are things that will happen to you in your life because of this twisted mind. You are walking around thinking somebody thinks you are a fool. Why? I mean, why are you thinking like that? Please ask your neighbor, are you the person thinking like that? I mean, are you, are you the one? Ah, why are you thinking like that? It's not a good mind. Are you there? I'm continuing. Bad thought number four. My hard-earned money it's not being properly used. So I will not pay tithe in this church. Are you there? When you bring your money into the church and you pay your tithe, you don't really have much control how it is used. Somebody thinks, oh, we should go and invest it in loo. Somebody thinks we should go and, yeah, it's true. You'll be amazed at the kind of things we have heard before. Yeah. I remember somebody who was upset because our father had made the decision to pause on the building of the Kodesh. And he went to build some other churches. 
and the person was annoyed. But if the father of the church is saying that, look, at least we have somewhere, we are squeezing. Let's squeeze more so that we can do a few. Because he knew that that Kodesh project was a big one. When it starts, there will be no money for anything for a while. But you are sitting somewhere, you don't know that. And you are annoyed. Tell anybody this one, it's not a good, it's not a good thinking. And it is a step of faith to put your money into something that you're not sure about. You're not sure. You're not sure. As you are here, you paid your money yesterday. You paid last week Sunday. And you are there. You are saying that, what was it used for? I should not come and sit down. But for what text did you send me at dawn this morning? Four o'clock this morning, you sent me a text. About what? Show him, the, show him the. Okay. Can you see the mic? The red. Alright, oh. so we want to buy some glasses in the holes over here in the gates. And then yesterday I went to make some empires and I found out that one sheet of the glass is around 580. One sheet one of sheet, glass yes. is 180. 180. No, and how many? Sorry? 580 CDs. CDs. And yes. how many do we need to do one door? So one sheet per one door. One sheet per door. Yes, per and door. the doors, we are still counting. Yes, we are not even done with the doors. And so I should now come and sit down and tell you that, please, uh, you are tight. I need uh, George's part to continue with some metals that we are working. And I need Danny's part to start on the glasswork. And then this nice young man, uh, please, I need your part. Uh, we will start to put money aside for the tiles. Sweetheart, you see, under the tiles, before the tiles, we have to do some uh, screening work. There's some... Can't you see that it doesn't work? I said, can't you see that it doesn't work? I have to come every Sunday. I give you state of the church address. <laughs> Are you here? Then we have to vote on it. Then those who say dust, we say dust, dust. Charlie, how many of you are saying dust? Dust, dust. How many of you are saying flaws? Flaws, flaws. And how many of you are saying, let's go up? Office, office. The ashes, all the ashes will vote for dust. <laughs> oh, you're not understanding what I'm saying. So you put it in and trust that it will be used well. Yeah, it's a trust. You just trust. And when we are done, we have another one across the road waiting for us. Yeah. Our members who live over there, when they have to get to church, they are almost swimming. The mud they swim through just to get to their door. It's not correct. Is the young man asleep? Uh, sit well, you are in church. Sit well. Maybe they didn't tell you. Don't worry. Amen. Mm. <laughs> Hallelujah. Number five. The pastors are using our money to buy cars and houses for themselves. So I will not pay tithes to finance their extravagant lifestyle. Let me just solve it for you. I will solve it. Please, if you are a pastor in this house, stand. If you're a pastor, just stand. Just stand quickly, quickly, quickly. Just stand. Please, do you own a car? No, please. Do you own a car? At all. Do you own a car? No. Do you own a car? No. Do you own a car? Yes, sir. How old is it? <laughs> 2003 model. 2003 model. What year are we? 2019. Your car is 16 years old. If you had access to the church money, is that what you go and buy? We gave you our offerings. You went to buy 2003 model. Please, we are, we are disappointed in you. At least, at least. Ah, are you not disappointed? 
If he's going to use your time, should he not buy a car that you, you now when you see it, you'll be annoyed that he's sitting inside. 2003 modern hour called Tottenhassi. Please, you have a car. How old is your car? Hey. It's about 10 plus 6. 16 years. How many times does he go to the workshop? Hey. I they are just defeating the point for you. Uh, you, your car crash. Is it even outside here? <laughs> Please, where's your car? It's in the house. <laughs> the human being is here. And the car is in the house. Do I need to say more? <laughs> if you are going to bring a car, you will not find. Look. Uh, please, doctor and wife, do you have a car? Yes, please. Uh, how old is it? 28. 16 years old. The pastors in this church, they don't have sense. If they are going to buy cars, they will not buy something proper with people's style. Sit down. You also, do you have a car? No, please. Whose car have you been borrowing? We have been watching you. My parents' cars, of course. Please, have I finished the point for you? Should I continue? I beg you, eh? Don't worry yourself, okay? Don't, eh, you see? <laughs> you said what, eh? We have teeth. We know what is nice. But. We know what we want, eh? <laughs> but. But we are not using the church money. That's it. Uh, they are not even paid by the church. When they visit you, they must take their own money, buy their own fuel, drive to your house. So please, don't know. You see, you may say, hey, Pastor, you don't have to say all that. I have to say it to answer the people with this evil mind. Hey, Pastor, you see, it was not you that we were talking about. Oh. We're talking about some other pastors. Don't talk about some other pastors. We are here today. We are here. You are in this church. Yeah. And you see, even your assumption that the other pastor has been, you has used your offer, even that assumption, watch out. Watch out. A very close, sweet friend of mine, he's a pastor. Somebody dashed him a brand new car. When he dropped the car to my husband, this car, you have to sit in it for you to understand the blessing. You have to sit. I've not seen a car like that in my life. Hey. So I sat down. He said, Mommy, no, 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 sit on the driver's side. So I sat down. Then he turned someday. He said, Put your phone here. My phone started to charge just by lying. <laughs> hey! Hey! The things I saw in that car, I didn't know that cars have such things. And you will be sitting down somewhere eyeing the man, but he didn't buy it. Somebody who had been blessed had been removed from an issue. When God blessed that guy, he remembered the person who spoke words over him. So, so, so don't... I think you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Hey. Are you in the house? Yeah. You see, when the woman with the alabaster... <laughs> when the woman with the alabaster box went to pour the perfume over... Jesus in John chapter 12. I want to ask you who was annoyed? Who was annoyed? The thief. Judas. Yeah. All the others didn't mind. Judas was the one who was annoyed that they have blessed Jesus with this perfume. Watch out. Mm -hmm. 
Watch out. Bad thought number six. <laughs> I tell you. All pastors are con men and thieves. So, I will not pay tithes. Why are you crucifying the good with the evil? You are a Pharisee. Everything we have the good and bad. Everything we have the good and bad. Why is it only with pastors that you wake up and then you are saying something? Have you stopped going to, to hospital because the last nurse insulted you? Have you stopped going to hospital because the last doctor got angry with you and gave you a wrong diagnosis? Have you stopped? You are still going. Have you stopped voting? Every day, don't they make promises to us? Every day. Have we not been deceived every time? And we are okay with it. And next year is coming and we'll vote again. That one there, you will vote. Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> one to see one down. I can't one year. <laughs> are you in the house? And then they'll say, we need another four years to bring this dream to come to pass. Master, me, I'm MPP. I don't like what you are saying. I'm telling you, if it was NDC, I'll be saying the same thing. So don't worry, okay? <laughs> don't worry. Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 20 says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. God says, watch it. Be careful. Be careful. Because as you are busy saying that the pastors are this and that, they are also very good pastors in the system. Very, very good pastors in the system. I know pastors every year, the fees that they pay for people who are not their children, the food that they give to people who are not related to them, uh, you are suddenly quiet. Say so you didn't know they were there. Are you in the house? The prayers that they pray. When you send me a text at 2 o'clock in the morning, what do you imagine? That I don't sleep? <laughs> Let me continue. Number seven. I hope you are identifying all your thoughts. 10% is too much. So I will give. <laughs> it's too much to give, so I will not pay tithe. It's too much. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. Number eight, I am broke, so I cannot pay tithe. Hey, 2.5, 2.7 billion people in the world are broke. It's, look, in Ghana, we are broke all the time. How we live eh, is a wonder. So when you get your salary, you just take your 10% and give it. Your allowance, you take your 10% and give it. Your weekly pocket money, you take your 10% and give it. And invoke the rights that God gives. Are you with me? Or your money is enough for you. Hey. Me, the month has not ended yet, but I've already finished sharing <laughs> what is coming. I'm just waiting for it to land in the account and but I'll be alive and still here by the grace of God because I tithe. Amen. I'm talking about the bad thoughts of non-tithers. Another bad thought. I am building a house so I cannot pay my tithe. Sorry, oh, is not a good reason. It's not a good reason at all. Because building the house of God must always come before the building of your house. Let us go to the book of Haggai chapter 1. I'm reading from verse 2. 
Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that endeth wages, endeth wages to put it into a bag with holes. And for many people, this is a description of your economic state. Yeah. You are eating, but you are not full. Drinking, but it's not enough. Putting the money in, then it disappears. Then you come and say, Pastor, motia be. It's not a motia. It's something that you haven't done. And because of that, he goes on to say in the book of Haggai that because of that, when you brought your money, I just blew. He didn't come for the money, he just blew. And something came to collect it. Yeah. That was why when we started to collect pledges from the door, for the doors, I told you that when you have done your pledge, hold your door and say, Lord, this door, I'm reminding you. I'm reminding you, Lord, that my small that was there, I put it in. Today, I have need. He will not forget you at all. Hallelujah. Are you not tired of hearing the bad thoughts? Let us try and finish. Another one says, I have a funeral to fund, so I cannot pay tithes this month. In the book of Deuteronomy chapter 26, the Lord tells us what is not acceptable about the tithes. And he says, I have not eaten in my mourning, neither have I taken aught thereof for unclean use, nor given aught for the dead. But I have hearkened to the voice of the Lord my God and done according to all that thou hast commanded me. The fact that you're going through a time of mourning, the fact that you have some funeral to finance is not a good enough reason why you would not pay your tithe. Are you there? Another reason these people give, because I'm saying these people because they're not here. I have a lot of debt, so I cannot pay my tithe. I have a lot of debt, so I cannot pay my tithe. It's the same, I mean, pay it. Just pay it. If you are in debt right now, your next salary, take the tithe and pay it before you pay what you owe or what you are paying back every month. And test God and see if he will not help you. I am a widow, so I cannot pay tithe. I remind you of Mark chapter 12 when Jesus was sitting over the treasury and he watched as different people came to put their tithes in and this was what he had to say over a widow who brought her tithe. The Bible says, there came a certain poor widow and she threw in two mites which make a fathom, that's two coins. And he called unto him his disciples and said to them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow has cast more in than all those who cast into the treasury. Jesus did not tell the widow, don't bring your tithe. She ra he rather admired what she did and said she has given more. And rather she must give in order to invoke the blessings over herself. Amen. Another thought, I am a student, so I cannot pay tithe. You are a student, so you don't eat. You don't wear clothes. 
If your neighbor is a student, push him and tell him that this excuse, it cannot work. It cannot work at all because the Bible says you have substance and you must honor God with that substance. Yeah. Even if you are somebody, they give you five cities a week. 50 pesos is your tithe. Take the 50 pesos and bring it. Yes. Are you there? Please tell your neighbor, are you looking shocked or you are okay? <laughs> I am unemployed, so I cannot pay tithe. Please, oh, don't throw dust into our eyes. As you are unemployed, somebody has given you five cities. Another day, somebody is giving you ten cities. Take the tithe. Because there's a scripture for you. Luke 16, chapter verse 10. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. What is God saying? As in that your time of difficulty, you squeeze out that little something and pay it. That's your time of little. Are you there? And God looks at you and he says, if I, then this is the person I should increase. Because if under this circumstance, I am paying my tithe, then when I give more, the person will do. Amen. I'm always touched by our sandwich students who come to do their courses here, especially the midwives. Leave your children, leave this, save. I mean, I remember one of my friends, she said by the time she left home, there was nothing called money in the house. By the time they paid the fees and the little she was able to come with. Tight situation, that is when you must pay your tithe. If under that circumstance you can pay your tithe, God says, this is somebody that I must prosper. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. I am retired and on pension, so I cannot and I will not pay my tithe. Hey, I think I've addressed that one. It's the same as somebody who doesn't have much. I give my money to help the poor and do other humanitarian projects, so I don't need to pay my tithe. I have an answer for you in Matthew 23, verse 23, that these ought you also to have done and not left the other in done. By all means, help the poor, help those who are in need, but do not neglect what God has asked you to do. Those of us who are parents, you know when your child was supposed to do something and didn't do it and then tries to overcompensate by doing something else. And you see that <laughs> you see that you are you are not you are not impressed. You are not impressed because you asked for something to be done and you can see that mm, this one a person or bribe me. It's a bribe, it's not real. Amen. Are you with me this afternoon? Push your neighbor and say, Are you there? Are you hearing? Ask your neighbor, when last did you pay your tithe? When last? When last did you pay your tithe? Hey! Hmm. Another one. We're almost done. Hmm. I've given you 16 so far. 17. All your bad thoughts are inside this chapter. I don't want anyone to know how much I earn, so I won't pay tithe. Please, oh. Please. I, I, I... I will before I tell you not to write your name, let me ask you a question. Why do you think your salary is a secret? Your banker knows your salary. Your colleagues know your salary. Are you there? Your boss knows your salary. Your social security office, they know your salary. 
Your tax office knows your salary. So why do you think it's a secret? It's church. I will buy a church and work. I say you don't have it. Maybe I don't want anybody to know. What's so special about your salary? <laughs> hey, the church has become quiet. Oh. A church, eh? All types are inside. Salary of 10 CDs is in the church. Salary of 100,000 is inside the church. So I don't know what is special about yours. Dollars are in the church. CDs are in the church. Coins are in the church. Yeah, all types. So I don't know why you think your salary is so special. Yay, Charlie. Mm, mm, mm. Today we are correcting some wrong minds. Allow your mind to be corrected in the name of Jesus. Amen. Another one says, I've never paid tithes and I do not see any curse in my life. So I won't pay tithes. When Adam and Eve sinned, God told them that they would die. They were living to be walking around in Genesis and we are reading their story. But the death was a spiritual one. Don't, don't tempt God. Are you there? Don't tempt him at all. Number 19 and the last one. When I pay my tithe, I don't see any financial improvement in my life. And so I will not pay my tithe. I have a suggestion for you. Get a copy of this book. There is a chapter in it which talks about why you may be planting, paying your tithe, but not seeing anything. There may be a reason for it. Get the book and see. But for most of us, as we tithe, there's much that we see from it. Are you in the house? My prayer as we have gone through this chapter is that it's trying to make you confront your thoughts that have stopped you in the past from tithing. And you can see that your thoughts don't really hold water. God gave an instruction. Why not obey the instruction of God and test him and see whether he will not pour out that overflowing blessing over you. Whether he will not stop that devourer from coming. Whether he will not stop that destroyer from coming near your things. Test him. He himself says, test me and see. And my prayer is that after listening to this teaching, you yourself will make a decision. Number one, that if you have not been tithing, you will start to tithe. Number two, if you are the type that you tithe, but a woman, then you forget. You type one, then you jump over three, then you type one, then you type one. I want you to make up your mind that I'm a tither every time I receive something. That's why we take the tithes weekly. Yeah, because at least I find it easier that if I receive something this week, I just tithe on it rather than saying end of month. Please, Ghana money is like petrol. Petrol, when you put it inside a gallon, you close the gallon. Somehow, it will be going. It will be, ah, but what I'm saying, is it true or is it not true? The thing when you put it down, saying that end of month, I'll bring it before you are aware. Yeah. But as you receive it, you just pay your tithe. I'm happy to say that in this church, I see so many young people coming and paying their tithe. And I believe that that's why God is prospering many of us. Amen. If you are not a part of it, join in and also do your part. And when we are finished with this building, we'll use it to build another one. And God will help us. I see you building your home because you are a tither. 
bringing meats into the house of God. Stand to your feet this afternoon. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet this afternoon and just bow down your head. If you are a tither, thank God for the grace to tithe and ask him to help you to continue to tithe. And if you are a non-tither, ask God to forgive you for disobeying his word. Ask him to brush aside and brush away every negative effect of your not having tithed. And then promise him that from now, you are going to be a tither. Lift up your voice and pray for just a few short minutes, an important prayer. And ask for the grace of God to tithe on your allowance, on your salary, over anything that has been given to you. Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice and pray. Shandala Masunde. Lord, help us to be tithers. Keba Sokitaba. Rima Sandala Babandiribisima. Shibra Sandalaba. Lift up your voice and pray like a child of God. May we be tithers in this house all our lives. May we tithe of everything that you give to us. May we tithe in Jesus name now I want us to pray one more prayer maybe you are here in the house and you are under financial stress as you are standing just put your hand across your heart I want to pray with you you are under financial stress either you are in debt or things are just not adding up I want to pray for you I want you to just tell God you will tithe over what you get and then I'm going to pray this prayer. Father, I pray for your children, so many who are in financial distress. As we have placed our hands on our chests, we promise to do our part. I pray, oh God, that you will remember us. I pray for the release of funds even now to your children in the mighty name of Jesus. I call forth jobs for those who need jobs. I call forth to God income to pay off debts in the name of Jesus. I ask you, Lord, to lift up your children and place in their hands what they need. I pray for those who don't even have enough to eat today and tomorrow. Father, I pray for financial, supernatural provision even now in the mighty name of Jesus. Satan, I order you out of our finances. Get out of there and don't return in Jesus' name. And Lord, even now, cause your angels to come into this place and touch your children and release mighty, bountiful gifts and income and things, Lord, that they need. That, Lord, we will come and we will not even have enough space for all the testimonies. I pray for your children, Lord. Let the economic crisis lift off us as we also do our part. In Jesus' name. And all of us shall say, Amen. Amen.
As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, you are here this afternoon. You have listened to all that has been said, but you have not given your life to Jesus Christ. For you to benefit from him in any way, you need to have a relationship with him. You need to give your life to the Lord Jesus. And so if you are here this afternoon, you have not given your life to Jesus. You don't know him as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you are in church all the time, but you cannot say that if you die, you are going straight to Jesus. If you cannot say that today, let us pray and rectify it. You are here, you want to give your life to Jesus. Lift up your right hand and we'll pray together. Lift it up and we'll pray. God bless you for your hands. You want to say, I'm not going to hell at all. I'm going to give my life to Jesus. God bless you for your hands. If you've lifted up your hand, please let somebody help you. Just come to the front. We're going to pray together. It's a prayer to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. You lifted up your hand, just come. Just come. God bless you as you come. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Just come. Come and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Just come. God bless you. Just come. Jesus saw you as you lifted up your hand. You want to just step out from where you are and come. Step out and come. Step out and come. Jesus is calling you. Jesus is calling you. Jesus is calling you. Jesus is calling you. I say, I don't want to go to hell. I want to make sure that my name is not written in the in, in, in hell. Then come and let's pray together. standing in front, I want you to pray with me. I don't know, I feel that there are still a couple of people. Can you give me a minute or two? Please join us. Join us and let us pray together. I feel there's a couple of people. You can feel your heart beating like that. It's the Lord calling you. Just come. Just come. God bless you, my brother. God bless you. I believe there's another person. Just come. He has paused the whole meeting just for you. You are so precious to him. Just come. God bless you. If you're standing here, let us pray together. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. You want to say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today as a sinner. Please wash me in the blood of Jesus. Cleanse me from my sins. Please write my name in the book of life. Lord Jesus, from today, from today, from today you are my savior and you are my lord i thank you for saving me amen father i thank you for each one standing here this afternoon i pray your god that as they've given their lives to you may they never go back in the name of jesus watch over them let it be well with them in jesus name amen we believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, follow us on Facebook, Dr. Joy Felipe Bruce, and on Instagram and Twitter at FLIDRC. God richly bless you.